Glory to God. Well, we're talking about laying hold of the plan. Now, to, to begin to really lay hold of a plan, you must agree with it. Say, I must agree. Because if there's no agreement, you're not going to lay hold of it. And you say, well, I don't know what I'm laying hold of. Th that's why you got to agree to go after it. <laughs> okay. Saying or agreeing with what the word has said about you. See, we got to start where the word begins to say what it says about you. Puts into the hands of the Holy Spirit what is necessary, say necessary, to put you on the right path. If we don't ever confess what is already written about us, you're not going to hear no mysteries. If you are afraid to say what is already written about you, Forget the mystery. <laughs> okay. That, see, we must give the Holy Spirit the word to work with. And if you don't confess what the word says about you, the word can't help you. You got to remember the Holy Spirit is a helper. He is not a, uh, a magician. He is the helper. Mm. And we discovered that the plan was deposited into us at the new birth, if you are indeed born again, because a lot of people hollering, I'm a Christian. Judge the spirit. I, I would listen to somebody, and you know, just because they're famous and they say they say they are a Christian, don't listen to that. Judge it. Because, see, there are some things we got to stop accepting just because people say it. And you hear it enough times. That's what we do. We hear a lot of stuff enough time, and we begin to accept it as truth when there's no truth in it. You know, and, and what, what, what got my attention, they said alongside the Bible, what brought them to this place was a book they read. And I won't call the book out because we don't want no problems. But they read another kind of book besides the Bible that transformed them into a Christian. Which means it's not legit. Because the Bible is more than enough. We're not talking about Bible helps books. We're talking about another theory that they read. Mm -hmm. But the plan was deposited in you at the new birth, if you are indeed born again. Now we know the plan is a good life that God has already constructed or designed for us from uh, the beginning of life. God already had this plan for us. We must know, say no. Then you got to know that you have a right to the plan. Say I have a right to the plan. Because if you don't know you have a right to the plan, you won't go after it. But we must show intense interest in the plan, not a hobby. Pursuing the plan can't be a hobby. How many of you know what a hobby is? It's something you do when you got time to do it. Because it's not what sustains your life. It's a hobby. Mm. And we got to make the plan a priority and not a hobby. If you want God's best. Now, if you don't want, if you're okay with where you are, you know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to hungry people. Those that want something better. 
that want the best that God has for them. I'm talking to you. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 13. Thank you. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 13, verse 11. You got to know that you got a right to the plan. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know, say no, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So in other words, he says, I've given you access to the mysteries. Now, if you got access to anybody's house and they say you can come in, why are you standing outside in the rain? Because you don't believe you got access. Jesus just told us it, is, it, it was always God's plan that we know the mystery. Mm. Look at Luke 8, verse 10. The Spirit of God is going to help us this morning. I've been praying for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he said, Luke 8, 10, and he said, unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. But it said, he, this, what he said to me was, if you show no interest in the plan, the plan would never be revealed to you. Why? Because the plan is not automatic. Ooh. The plan is not automatic. And we're going to keep talking about that in just a moment. Turn to John 3, verse 32. And I want to read this out, the voice translation. John 3, verse 32 and 33. Are you there? Say, I have it. He reveals the mysteries seen and realities heard of the heavens above, but no one below is listening. Those who are listening and accept his witnesses, verse 33, to these truths have gone on record. They acknowledge the fact that God is true. So it's saying that the plan is always available. But most times we're not listening. We're not in pursuit of the plan. And the reason being because the plan can only, say only, be prayed out. It has to be prayed out. Ooh. The plan must be prayed out. You can't think it, you can't study it out. It has to be prayed because it's a mystery that only the Spirit of God can bring forth. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 10, it has to be prayed out. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. See, only the spirit knows what the mind of God is. But he also know what's in your heart. He also know what God is putting you to do. His assignment is to help you. 
I don't want to get ahead of myself. For what man nor the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man. See, you don't know. You can't know the will of God apart from the spirit of God. But the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, say that we might know, the things that are freely given to us of God. <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit came to help us understand what has been freely given unto us and has to be prayed out. Mm. One translation says it like this. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. I'm I'm giving you some uh, uh, weaponry right now. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh, I know I'm going fast, in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it? In the spirit he speaketh mysteries. See, the mystery only gets prayed out as you pray in the Holy Ghost. You are praying the plan of God out. Woo. That's how you get it out of you. You got to pray it out by praying in the Holy Ghost. Mm. Ephesians 1 verse 17. Yeah, we going there. This is what Apostle Paul prayed for the whole body of Christ. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. See, that word know is powerful. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You can't discover that without prayer. You cannot discover this without praying it out. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, we, we got to know, we got to know this. And you can't know it apart from praying it out. And have put all things under his feet. We act like nothing's been put under Jesus' feet. The Bible says all things have been put under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look at Colossians 1, 26. See, we got, we got, we got to change. We got to shift the way we pray. And we got to stop being need-minded when we pray. You need to be plan-minded. God, what's your plan for me? That's all right. And you ain't got to beg him. You just tell him, Lord, I receive your plan. And then you start praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, you say, well, I, I, I could do it 15 minutes. Look, you need to pray all day. I, I've, I've been reading Smith Wigglesworth again. And, I mean, Pastor DJ made mention of him on Wednesday night. But him and, and John G. Lake, they believe in praying all day long. And signs and wonders were done through them. Because they didn't little prayer. They didn't make it something they did on occasion. It's what they lived. It, 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 they were known for their prayer life. And as a result of the prayer, I ain't going to get ahead of myself. Look, you got Colossians 1, look at verse 26 and 27. Even the mystery which have been here from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God will make known, that, that word again, known, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So how am I going to know about this Christ that's in me? I'm going to have to pray it out. Because praying it in English is is, is unfruitful. Woo, Jesus. We do a lot of praying in English when you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because your English come under assault. And if you're not careful, you just repeat, repeat. And that's not the way you pray. You pray in tongues. So the plan can be prayed through. And then when you come out, God will give you the words to speak to your situation. Because then you turn around and command and you speak to it. You, y'all need to stop praying about every, all this little stuff, y'all. You need to bring it in your prayer closet the way it should go in there. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I bring my children before you. Because you don't know what boo-boo doing. You be guessing. And in the meantime, you get a pity party. No, you bring boo-boo before the Lord and say, And then you come out of prayer like that, then the Lord has said, now speak. Because our verbiage is limited. His isn't. Hallelujah. Turn right over to Colossians 2. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. See, God is a mystery. This, this is why you can't go to the world. You can't go to everybody and, and, and let them tell you about God. God, God is a mystery. The people say, well, God moves in a mysterious way. It's only mysterious to those who don't pray because he's making it easy. But we got to pray to get it. Oh, Jesus. And of the Father and of Christ, in whom I hid. 
Ooh, look at verse 3. But I'm about ready to shout. In whom are hid all, say all, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where is it hid? In Christ. How you going to get it? You got to pray it. You got to pray it out. Studying is good and you should study. But you need to pray. And I mean, you need to dedicate time. And there's nothing wrong with your five-minute prayer, your 15-minute, when you get all the break. But then there come a time when you got to give God time. You got to give him time to talk to you. You got to give him time so you can pray. Get past the carnal mind. Get past all the activity of the day. Get past the little stuff where you're thinking about what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to eat. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 6. Don't take on those thoughts. Because, see, you got to fight through that to get to the prayer I'm talking about. You, you go in tongues, but how many of you know you don't go there directly sometimes because those distractions are still trying to pull at you? Did, did I turn the stove off? I don't know. Trying to get you up off your knees. And you got to push through to get to praying in tongues. Woo, Jesus. Look at Romans 8, verse 26. Mm. Romans 8, verse 26. We know this one. A lot of people quote this. And most times they quote it incorrectly, but, you know, we forgive them. They use it incorrectly because they use it as though God making everything bad happen to them, and it's got a reason. It's a reason, but the only reason is because you don't know what you're doing. It don't have nothing to do with God. You're just ignorant. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, say helpeth. So I just told you the Holy Spirit is what? He's the helper. He helps our infirmities. What's the infirmity? It's not talking about sickness. It's not talking about disease. It's not talking about shortage. The infirmity is you don't know what to pray concerning your situation. You don't know what to say concerning it. And you should not speak against a situation when you don't know what you are saying is accurate. <laughs> it could be a whole nother issue behind the situation and you saying what you see with your natural eye. Mm. He says, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. That infirmity, because we don't know. See, look what it says. For we know not what we should do what? Pray, as we ought to pray. That means that's a weakness that come along with this human flesh that we have. We have this weakness as, as a fallen man, because now we don't have, through the flesh, that direct link that we had once before where the flesh and all was in sync. Now you got to keep uh, uh, arresting the flesh to make it cooperate. Hallelujah. Anybody learning? And it says what the mind of the spirit is. Because he make it, look at verse 27. <clears throat> oh, let me go back and finish. I didn't finish that. But the spirit himself make intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times when you'll start groaning because there are no words that you can express it in. The Holy Spirit take that groaning. He knows exactly what it's saying. Oh, man. 
And he that searches the hearts knoweth what, the, what is the mind of the spirit. Because he's making intercession for the saints according to the what? According to the plan of God. This is why you got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because that's the only way the will of God gets done. Oh, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you to get the will of God accomplished. And we know that all things work together. And here's that verse. For good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. What things is he talking about? Praying in the Holy Ghost. He ain't talking about you falling down and breaking your leg and, and you getting cancer and somebody dying in your family. That had nothing to do with this verse. That, that did not come to work to your good. It came to take you out. Please stop blaming God for all these deaths and incidents and accidents. They come to destroy. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us to pray correctly. Because only he knows the mind of Christ. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Now, can you better understand why the devil hates our praying in tongues? And why it makes it so difficult for you to do it? When it's time to pray in tongues, that's when you want to nod off. You find yourself one another. And I mean, you could be just as lively but no sooner you go to start praying, you, you feel like you're ready to go to sleep. See, it's a reason. He's trying to keep the plan from being play, prayed out. Because mm. he knows that's the only way the plan gets revealed. Oh, Jesus. So praying in tongues. This, now, y'all going to like this. All y'all car people, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. And you're going to see how smart the Holy Spirit is because he taught me some stuff. Y'all know I don't know nothing about a car but drive it, right? Okay. I know a little bit. I can put some oil if I had to and some uh, fluid in there, but I don't do it. That's why I got a son. Because my son over there folding his arm as if to say, Mama, you don't, you don't change the oil. <laughs> now, that's what you got men for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a husband that did it. He's not here now. I got a son. Hallelujah. But look, praying in tongues is like the battery to a car. You need to hear this. And we're going we're gonna to activate some things th this morning. The battery is your power bank, or the battery is the car power bank. Now, it's first, say first. The first purpose of the battery is to supply power to start the vehicle. That's his number one purpose. It runs the electrical dashboard. That's the secondary job of the battery. All the components that are electric in your car, the battery runs it. It can also operate as a surge controller. I said, right, look at this. So when you got electrical things in your car and they can get overheated, the battery keeps up different preventing a surgery or a fire. You didn't know that about your battery, did you? And you've been driving a car all this long and didn't know your battery can help prevent a fire. You ought to be ashamed. <laughs> I'm just messing. Your prayer life operates and sustains your entire life and all the components attached to you. So your life is going to be no stronger than your prayer life. 
your life is going to be as healthy as your prayer life. Now, the alternator, say alternator, is the helper. The alternator is turned on by the startup of the battery. Oh, Jesus. Look at my son over there smiling at me. He, 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 you know, he's, a, he's a car person, but anyway. The alternator is turned on by the start of the battery. The alternator, say then, say it again, generates electricity. I call that divine help. To continuously power the battery. That's the job of the alternator, is to assist the battery. Now, if your battery is weak, guess what it's going to do eventually if you don't get it fixed? It's going to kill the alternator because it's trying to make the alternator do the job of the battery when it's an assistant to the battery. It's bringing its effectual supply. Woo! I'm doing good. I'm teaching Carb 101 this morning. Watch this. Now, when the two, say the two, are working properly, they achieve the perfect combination of power. Oh, my God. Thus creating a circuit of electricity that feeds itself for long, sustaining performance. Oh, my God. This is why the devil hates for you to pray. That's where your power generates from. He don't care nothing about you coming in this building where you don't have a prayer life. He know you don't have any power to do nothing that you say. You can't bring it to pass. You're doing a wish. That's why people get discouraged, because they lack prayer. Oh, my God. Ah, look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. When I saw that, I said, oh, my God, you're so right. See, how God, see, I told you the Holy Spirit is a genius. He'll make you look smart. He just made me look smart, didn't he? <laughs> like I really didn't know about it. Don't ask me to find the alternator in the car now because I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's in the car. That's all we need to know. But, see, it's important that you keep your battery up to par. Because that, especially when it's cold and really hot, you got to maintain the battery. You don't buy a battery, just stick it in the car and never attend the battery. You got to make sure the posts are connected. Everything. Why? Because the battery is the power to the car. You don't just pray every now and then. You have a lifestyle of praying. You have a lifestyle of praying. Because at any moment, you're going to need power. Nothing like getting in your car and you go to hit in the back and go, eh, 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 eh. act like it want to flip over, eh, eh, and it never connect. Called downtime. Now you got to try to figure out how to get a ride where you got to go, and then somebody just got to go in there. Now that's why everybody holler about the prayer of agreement when we really don't understand the prayer of agreement. Because we must be, both of us must be powered up and ready to pray for agreement to work. 
You can't have a short circuit battery and a live battery and we're going to call that working together. No. We must both be at full voltage for agreement to work. This is why most people pray of agreement don't work. Somebody got a short circuit somewhere. Are you there? Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There are people up in heaven. I know my husband is there, and all the ones that we can count that's up there, they're expecting us. They're looking at us and saying, oh, I wish I could get back there and they do this. Now, they may not be saying that, but, you know, they're watching us. They got expectation. And they're saying if they could talk to us, they would say, lay aside that crazy mess you're doing and get your battery powered up. It says, lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Why? You're going to need power in the race. Which means your prayer life is what's going to get you to the end of your race. Oh, Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How do you think Jesus endured the cross? He had a prayer life. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we, we got to get this race won, and if we're going to win it, then that means we got to do it with power. And you can't, you can't allow... Uh, you know, if you walk or run, sometimes you get those leg cramps. Mm. But you got you to learn how to work through that too, right? All right, look at, uh, where am I now? Look, let me make sure. Uh, you go down to verse Hebrews 12. We're still in Hebrews 12. Look at verse um, 5. Hi. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. And you have completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons. My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. Why? Because that will short-circuit your battery. Getting offended is going to short-circuit your power bank. He says, be careful that you don't get uh, upset because you got corrected about something. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. And he punishes, even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. A good father, that's what he does. He, he, why? Because correction is coming to make sure you don't get off the good path. It's not just to make you uncomfortable, and it might make you uncomfortable. Because nobody likes correction. But look, but look what he said, the importance of being corrected. You must look at verse 7. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train and correct and discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all, say all, of God's children share, then you are illegitimate. You are an illegitimate offspring and not a true son at all. Why? Correction comes to make sure that we stay on the right path. 
And if you're in prayer, correction does not grieve you. When you want to be right with God, correction doesn't grieve you. So this morning, what we're going to do, we're going to do an exercise of prayer. Come on, stand to your feet.